Welcome to the Crazy Love Podcast. To anyone with experience, raising children can have its difficulties. But even in those times, God's immeasurable greatness can still be felt. In this week's episode, we continue with part two of a question and answer session between Francis and Lisa and members from YWAM Kona. The Chans share their experience raising their seven children, lessons they've learned individually and as a family, and how the overwhelming goodness of God can be seen all throughout. We pray that this message brings you nearer to Him and gives you a fresh revelation of the worth of Jesus. Uh, okay, I've got one more, and then we can open it up if anyone has more. Um, but something that I've... Uh, something that I've noticed a lot and been really struck by, and it's like impacted me since being here, is just seeing how your family like loves Jesus and the way you've raised your kids to like walk with Him, and um, you know, seeing like uh, Rachel and Justin and and Peter and Mercy, and just like how that you know doing all of this with you, like you're doing ministry as family. Um, and I just want to hear from you guys what that, what have you guys done to be able to like have your kids do that with you, and then just to be so in love with Jesus, like all of them. Okay, I'll go first. Um, it's the grace of God, first of all. There, were, there was a time when Rachel, when she was like 12, 13, I could not get her to tell the truth for the life of me. Like everything coming out of her mouth was a lie. And I was just like, what the heck? It got to the point where Lisa even asked, like, do you think we just screwed up? You know, and I'm like, no. I mean, we're not perfect. I said, but we've lived it, and it's been real. And I said, my understanding of the Bible is I can't control the Holy Spirit entering her or not. Um, this is something between her and God. I said, we could lock her in a room until she's 18 and keep her from sinning in you know, terrifying ways. I go... But the moment she turns 18, if the Holy Spirit's not in her, she's just going to run into her sin. I go, at the same time, if the Holy Spirit enters into her, then in a lot of ways our job is over, and, and he'll start to convict her internally, but I can't make her love Jesus. And, uh, but it was hard. And, and you know, I'm, I'm up in the middle of the night going, God... You're having me preach all around the world, and I cannot cause my daughter to fall in love with you. And so when I say this is the grace of God, it's the grace of God. You can't control this. So I don't want to ever go, well, here's what we did, and here's why our kids are so great. No, it, there's things that are beyond our control. Zeke and Ellie, my two high schoolers, it was at you know, the commission summer camp that their whole lives, I mean, they were already loving Jesus and everything else. But there's just things that happen you can't control. It's the Spirit of God because when the Spirit of God went into Rachel, like I told her, I mean, I told her, you know, after we talked and everything else and we're having all this drama with Rachel, um, I told her, honey, it, it scares me because I don't see the fruit of the Spirit in your life. I don't see any of the fruit of the Spirit in your life. I know you love me, and I know you love Mom, but I don't know if you love Jesus. Like, you'll do things for us, but the moment we're not there, and you, 
I can't see, like you do these other things that I, it just really makes me question. And I said, what scares me is I really feel like if you were to die today, I think you'd go to hell. That was like the worst, that was probably the worst day, maybe the worst day of my life. Just the recognition of God. I've been holding this little girl since she was a baby, begging you to have her fall in love with you. And now I don't see any of the fruit of the Spirit in her life. And I don't know what to do, just sobbing. And I wasn't perfect during that time. I didn't know what to do. I mean, sometimes I couldn't even look at her because I just felt so betrayed and lied to about so many things. And, um, and I remember one day she came in my room and she says, Dad, you were right. I go, about what? She goes, I, I didn't have the Holy Spirit in me. I go, I might have been like too rough on you or I, I don't know. I'm not one to judge. She goes, no, Dad, you were right. I go, well, how do you know I was right? She goes, because he's in me now and everything is different. She goes, I talk to God now like I'm talking to you and he's real to me. And as a parent, you want to get excited, but then there's other side of, and I've just witnessed this. You know, for too many years, like, but she really did change overnight. Um, like a week later, and she's still nice to Mercy, her little sister. Like, she's, a month later, the change is still there. Six months later, it's like, whoa. And it was right when I was writing my book on the Holy Spirit, Forgotten God. And so to see it happen, everything I was writing about, like, I, I think everything depends on the Holy Spirit. Like, I can't control this. It's either he enters in, and I got to see that. And so that's why I say, this is the grace of God. Um, because we didn't change, you know. It's just, it's something the Spirit did and showed us how dependent we are on him. You know, I, I will say uh, we've... We've not been great, like, with weekly family Bible studies or anything like that. Um, we don't do some of the things that I think other families may do better. Um, but they've always seen mom and dad make decisions uh, based upon eternity, uh, based upon the kingdom. And sometimes those decisions were even hard on them. But then they saw how God came through on the back end. And there were times when I would just even point it out and go, Rachel, mercy, look what just happened here. It's because we made this decision before the Lord. I go, this is why I want you guys to marry. One day when it's time for you guys to get married, I want you to find guys that really want to serve God. Otherwise, you're going to miss out on all of this. So they got to see God's provision. And I would point it out to them every time. Look at that. That's impossible. These things don't happen, but they always happen to us because we're seeking the kingdom first. I mean, just silly little things like, okay, so I'm super cheap, you know. It's just part of my culture. We don't waste anything. We don't want to spend anything. And, you know, we're lined up to this museum type of thing, and it's like $10 a person and, you know, something like that. And I mean, it, was, it wasn't that much. It was like 20 bucks, And it was just me and Rachel and Mercy or something. And I'm like, oh, God, do I take them? It's going to cost 20 bucks for the three of us. Um, 
I don't know, you know, we're in line. I'm like, God, just show me. Am I supposed to do it? I look down at my feet, and there's a $20 bill. I pick it up. I'm like, did someone drop a $20 bill? And no one claims it. I'm like, you guys, look, I just prayed to see if we should go. You know, there's always stuff like that happening where I go, look, everything. This is what God does in our lives. And so even with the, the book and everything else, when suddenly, you know, millions of dollars are coming in, I'm going to look. We're not touching any of this. You know, we'll go build hospitals and orphanages or whatever else, but we're not going to touch his money because you'll see. you got to seek the kingdom first. And so including them in on life decisions and them seeing when we're moving out of cities or downsizing a house or the cars we were driving and stuff like that, it just, uh, I don't know. What else? I was just picturing like... um yeah, I thought if I shared first, I would just cry because sometimes you are just so overwhelmed by God's goodness to you. Like, I don't take it for granted. Even the day or the week before we were leaving for Hong Kong or whenever the time we was, Rachel and Justin had already said they were coming and Mercy and Peter were fasting and praying. And we were coming back from a trip, so we're on an airplane. And I get the call from Mercy and she's like, Mom, we're coming. And I just like weep because I'm so I'm like what in the world I go back and I just lay on his shoulder and I'm just crying I'm like why is God so good to us you know they're all gonna come with us what the heck um so yes praise God we are so so thankful but the picture that I was having in my head was just like you know it's so dumb but just like when you're you're wanting your friend to experience this ride, like, you know, whatever it is, Space Mountain at Disneyland or something, I don't know, and you're just like, come on, you've got to come with me. You have to come. You know, you're holding hands and you're like running towards the ride and you get on and and I thought that's what it feels like. Like we're on this ride with God and we're like, come on, kids, you know, grab our hand. You've got to take a seat. It's going to be so awesome. You know, and there's twists and there's turns and there's times when you want to barf and there's times when you can't see anything. And then, you know, there's all the thrills and it's like, that's what it's like. And you're just introducing them and you're showing them like, come along on this ride. Whether or not they at the end are like, this ride is awesome and it is for me. That's up to God's spirit in them, like he says, but the only part you can do is the whole, you know, grabbing their hands and bringing them along and being like, this is the ride that you want to go on with Jesus, because it's so incredible. Whether it means you have to leave your high school and move to another country, uh, or God kicks you out, or, you know, it's all awesome, and yeah, so the only other little thing I would say that I did that I'm so thankful for was once a week, this other mom in the church and I would get together and we would just pray for like a couple hours for our husbands and our children. Every week, we would just be so vulnerable. It's like one week I'd be a mess and crying and one week she'd be a mess and crying. And some weeks we were like, everything's awesome. And we're just praying together. But, you know, prayer, like that soaked in prayer, just what else do we have, you know? So... I know you guys aren't parents yet, but take this to heart. And even for your families now that you're like, I just want my mom and dad to know Jesus or my brothers and sisters. I don't know. Get a friend and pray regularly together. There's just something really powerful about that. Yeah, something I was doing regularly. We used to live by this high school, my kid's high school, and there was a track there. We were like a mile away. 
And so I'd run to the track and then I would do a lap for each kid, you know, in the mornings. It's kind of my routine for a while where I would just pray, you know, for Zeke for a whole lap. You know, then I'd pray for Ellie for a whole lap and then, you know, Lisa for a whole lap. And, you know, I got in shape. It was cool. The more kids I had, the more laps I had. It was hard the first time. Like, that's like two and a half miles, you know. But, uh, you know, just I just sometimes I just force myself into different rhythms um, to uh, just stay in prayer for all of them. And then recently we've just been praying that Ephesians chapter one prayer for them, you know, just that they would know the hope to which they've been called and, the, you know, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the kingdom and his, his uh, uh, immeasurable, immeasurable greatness of power toward us who believe, you know, just saying, God, I want them to know these things in their souls. So, all right. Other questions about anything? Yes. Um, what are some practical ways or even boundaries you set up with each other in order to keep Jesus as first love while dating or being married? Mm. That's good. Some of the things we've said uh, lately, and we're getting back to this, um, we've gotten away from it, but there was a time when I told the kids and Lisa, um, if you're going to watch television uh, for an hour, then you have to read the Bible for an hour. Um, you know, you're going to play video game for half an hour, then you got to read the Bible for half an hour. Like, we want to give to God um, at least equal to what we spend on our own pleasure and just staring at a screen. And so some of those practical things back then, um, I used to give Lisa timeouts if um, she didn't have her quiet time. No, I'm trying to think what else. We actually, during one season, things change, right? You have to do different things because I don't know, unless there's people out there that do the same thing every time. But um, we... Like, or I think it was when we were dating or first married, um, every other Friday we would switch off. Like, it would be, he'd get to go to the park and be alone with the Lord. And then the next time I'd get to go and be alone with the Lord. Um, oh, it must have been after we had children, huh? Because we wouldn't have had to do that when we were dating. Okay, so it was when we had children. But, <laughs> uh, but it's just good to think through, like, these are ways you can just, yeah, make sure that Jesus is still your first love. So getting to just go, I remember that first time, like sitting under the tree, all giddy, because I get to read the whole book of Romans in one sitting. Um, and yeah, just like, awesome that we, he, I think it was, it was his idea. So he gets credit. <laughs> um, uh, I, I think about when we were dating too, I think it was you. <laughs> okay. Um, like there was just, you know, as young, vibrant people, um, you know, you just got to set some boundaries and stuff. And, and by the grace, <laughs> we're, we're old, vibrant people now. Um, but uh, be thankful. Mercy. Our kids are always like, gross, gross, go. Get away. Um, but uh, and I always say, just be thankful. And... Um, I was going to say, oh, you know, just in our youth and everything else, it was one of those things where, I know this, this was before we were dating, I would say, hey, if we 
mess around. Like, by the grace of God, um, we were both virgins when we got married. Um, and, and we, we fought for that, you know, that's not something that just, you, you make a decision, you know, and we both knew the Lord earlier on. And so it was, uh, it was something that was a priority to both of us. Um, but I even remember, I didn't like, uh, you know, going too far when you just knew. And, and I remember, uh, when I would, it was before Lisa, I, I, I would date a girl and if, if I would say, hey, I, I, no making out, whatever, if we do, then I won't see you for a week. And that whole week will just be repenting. And, um, and then it's like, you know, so you hold me accountable too unless you don't want to see me for a week. But we're going to keep this as a commitment. Um, and, you know, just things that you have to make decisions on. And we got in less trouble because you only go out once a week. And then the other times with your mom, I wasn't going to kiss you in front of her. We've had a lot of young ladies live with us. Um, and one particular young lady who will remain nameless, <laughs> um, which, you know, they were struggling, her and her boyfriend then becoming fiance. And to her, like, she's beyond frugal, beyond Francis. And when her and her fiance, would, she came home and she's like, Lisa, it was too much. It was too far. And I, if this happens again, I'm going to pay you $20. So she goes, here, I'm paying you $20. So I literally made money off of this. And, <laughs> and she's like, it, literally, that's what she had to do because she knew that money was so, it was so painful for her to have to fork over any money for something. She was so cheap that that's what kept her from being too frisky with her man. Frisky. <laughs> You're welcome for that old prison word. Um, yeah, and I, I remember even in college, like when I got serious about the Lord, like if if I lusted or whatever, I would fast the next day. And the whole day I would just be like, ah, oh, why did I do that? That wasn't worth it. You know, I'm so hungry. So, uh, so I actually lost 15 pounds that year, um, which was good. No, not that much. I just I did lose some weight. Okay, what else? It's getting hot in here. Um, what were some of the hardest things learning to serve each other? Like, what were some of the over, like, personal overcomings of, like, getting past yourself, probably in, like, a marriage context? But, like, about learning to serve each other, like, just going past yourself, you know? Yeah, that's good. You know what's interesting? When we first got married and when we were dating, it was very easy to serve her. Um, but then the further along you get, uh, well, yeah, you just, you know, when, when, when a relationship gets common, I think that's when the serving part gets difficult. You know, when it's new and exciting, like it's like I take her car and go, oh, can I borrow your car? I take it, I put new tires on it, washed it, detailed it, gave it back, you know. But we're dating and it's, you know, it's, it's just, you, you want to do those types of things. What happens in life once you become familiar, you're married, then suddenly, I remember, you know, one time uh, we were, we were driving the car and she spilled her Coke on our car again. And, and I just looked at her and I was like, good job. 
I go, now I think you've spilled Coke on everything we've owned. <laughs> and, and we talked about it because I'm like, whoa. Like if she did that when we were dating, I'm like, oh, you're so cute. You're so ditzy. Oh. I'll lick it up. You know, it's just, right? Because it's like we're dating and there's something with the familiarity where you just start going, you get on each other's nerves that way. And so that was some of the process. I would say the serving part was easy in the early days. It's as life goes on and you have to think about, gosh, this is out of sometimes, you know, it's when you're frustrated with each other that it's harder to want to be a servant. And those are the times when your foundation is the word of God and a fear of God. It's like, well, that's your daughter that just spilled God, that is your daughter that spilled Coke all over me. You know, like, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, she's so cute. You know, uh, you know it's, it's almost like you have to, that, that's, that's why God has to be at the center of everything. Because there will be times when you frustrate each other and you don't feel like. So it's easy when you're dating because you'll feel like doing a lot of those things. But as life goes on and you get busy and everything else, oftentimes it goes to out of your love for God because at that moment you're so frustrated with the other person. I didn't realize I was so frustrating. No, just I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I was thinking this is probably boring to you guys, but I was like, wow, it didn't really seem like a big deal until after I had like my second child, like, okay, you have one. See, she's nodding her head back there. Um, this is, this is cool. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow. When you've got two children and someone has to stay home and care for them. And uh, you know, it's like, he's pastoring the church. He has to be there. He is speaking to the people. So anytime the kids are sick, anytime it's like, who's home? Me you know, and who's missing out? Me. But I learned that you're not actually missing out because, um, as someone put it, you're, you can be part of a domestic monastery. <laughs> Isn't that a funny word? But it's just like God is doing this really deep work as you are like laying down your life for your family, for your children, as you serve them. He just takes this, all this crud out of you that you're like, wow, thank you for putting so much of that to death. There's still more. But he puts so much of it to death as you learn to just serve other people. Yeah, the more people you have in your life, the better it is, which is why we just kept having children. <laughs> All right, what's next? Oh, good. So what did your guys' quiet time look like when you guys were single? then married, and then after you had children? Like, how did that kind of dynamic change mm. over time? Mm. Yeah. I, I think the only thing that changed when I got married was it was weird because, you know, I, I had no family, really. I got a brother where we weren't close, um, and uh, parents are dead, and... And so God really was just everything to me. And so now suddenly I have someone else. That was weird to have someone else love me. 
um, and someone else I like to hang out with always there. And so now it was almost like this, not competition, but it was just weird. You're just used to being alone all that time, and it's just you and God, and now there's someone else in this relationship who's adding so much to your life and is this blessing from the Lord, but it's just different. And so sometimes you almost don't feel like you long for God as much because so much of your your craving for fellowship uh, is met by your wife. And so that took some time for me to realize, like, gosh, I, I want him to be my first love. I don't, I don't want him to be, oh, I got Lisa and God now. Like, that's, that's not biblical. Like, he's high above everything. And so I remember going through that, and that was a fight for me to, to learn that um, because Lisa was so great. Um, and then when the kids came, I, I, there wasn't much change there. Is, is, I've always been pretty committed to just getting up before everyone and being alone with the Lord. And so I think once we got to like five kids or something, it got a little crazy. Um, and, and we always had people living in our house and our house wasn't real big. And then I, so I built a shed in the backyard just so that I could have a place I could go that no one else is allowed in there. Just a little Home Depot, do-it-yourself shed. In fact, it was Justin that helped me build that, and that's when I fell in love with him and then made, <laughs> got him to fall in love with my daughter. You know, so it was, it's a beautiful shed. Um, how about for you? Um, mm, I feel like I've always... Yeah, well, starting out, quiet time just seemed like such a pressure that I never met or a goal that I could never succeed at. Um, so I was not very regular about quiet time. It was just more like, I don't know, I did love the Word of God. I was, uh, but it wasn't like I was getting up and doing it at certain times. Um, Getting up early has never been my strength. So uh, it got, I just say it's like, it's almost been like this tra trajectory where it's just been growing and amplifying. When he built that shed in the backyard, he says no one else was allowed in there, but I was allowed in there. <laughs> and it was the most precious place to go meet with the Lord. So I would, I would have to schedule because I had so many children. Um, I'd have two mornings a week where I could just go out there for extended times and worship and sing and read and pray. Um, yeah, I never did worship early on. Worship has only been in the last, I don't know, it's so funny. Like back then, quiet time was just like you and the Bible and that's it, you know, and now it's just so awesome. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> Yeah, you got to find that spot, though, that place. And for me, anyways, everyone's different. You know, I just, I got to have quiet. I got to get alone. And um, it's funny when Justin and I were building that shed, Lisa walked in towards the end because we made it good. I didn't realize he was so great at building stuff. Uh, I just wanted him to carry wood because my back hurt. And, uh, but he came with all these tools and stuff. And she walks in, part of her sweater is hanging out. Because we ran out of insulation. So I just shoved like some of the, her clothes that I didn't like. 
So it's kind of funny. All right, yeah, go ahead. It's just good memories. Uh, you mentioned a minute ago about like the, uh, like your relationship becoming feeling common after a time. So are there things that you guys have done like to change up rhythm or like things that you've done to re- like refresh or keep your relationship um, like uh, like vibrant? Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's like switching things up or, or mindset shifts or mm-hmm. intentional time or or what have you done to keep your relationship vibrant and alive? Yeah. You know, some guys are really good, uh, and, and again, this is where personalities are different. For me, like, I feel it, um, kind of a feeler, where I'm just like, gosh, I'm not close to this child or this child or Lisa or this or that. And by the grace of God, I have a schedule that I can, I'm in charge of, and I can block out days, or I can say, you know what, let me just, let's just go away for a night or this or that or whatever else, and kind of change the rhythm. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm feeling that a little bit right now, just with, well, you know, don't you? A little bit. It's just been busy since you worked at Target. <laughs> she comes home with all her cool Target friends now. And, um, <laughs> no, she's not really. But uh, it is. It's just busier and crazier. And so I've just always been mindful of that, knowing I, I don't, I don't have peace when it's not good. Um, yeah, it's, I think that's what the Holy Spirit does, right? Like you just feel like I'm distant from this child. I'm distant from my wife right now. I'm, or I'm distant from you, Lord. And so, I, yeah, I always adjust things or figure some way to get away. I'll take her on one of my speaking things or, or we'll just go somewhere. Do you remember anything else? Like, uh, no, I would just say I also try, because sometimes I don't trust myself if I'm just too emotional or being weird, because, you know, we get hormonal sometimes, us girls. So sometimes I, I just pray, too. I'm just asking the Lord, like, uh, to bring back that spirit of unity between us um, and praying just for a heart that is tender and affectionate towards my husband and nothing helps you as much I mean other than the time that you actually invest pursuing that other person the only other wonderful thing you can do is pray for them and bring that to the Lord because he just wants you to, to have conversations with him about everything and so that is really powerful and helpful because sometimes he helps me know is it time to say something is it time to be quiet because um, I don't always choose the best thing if I don't ask him first. Sometimes I speak when I'm not supposed to, and vice versa. So I'm learning to invite the Lord into that process, and even just being honest, like, God, what's going on? There's something between us. Would you reveal it? Would you, um, yeah, because our heart is to love one another and to pursue God, and so we just need to invite God into that. You know, I, I will say, too, because I, I think this is where um, I see a lot of marriages unravel is from poor parenting. Um, the kids are out of control, and so then you can't even get away because all your babysitters hate your kids because your kids are out of control. Um, our kids are babysitters, and they can't stand some of the kids they babysit because they're just out of control. Um, and it's not the kids' fault. It's the parents' fault. It's not bad kids. It's bad parenting. 
And so Lisa and I have always had the freedom to go. I'm not talking about their love for the Lord. I'm just talking about their obedience to their parents, whether they're Christian or not. Um, one of the things about a qualification of an elder is that he manages his household well. Um, because if he can't manage his own house well, how can he manage the household of God? And so I've always taken that very seriously. And, uh, and we did discipline our kids, and they were great kids, and we could leave them at home by themselves, so we could go out. I mean, our lives have been pretty free. You know, people go, whoa, seven kids. I go, yeah, but seven good kids, you know, seven disciplined kids, you know, older kids that take care of the younger kids, and we actually want the older kids to pour into the younger kids' lives, to, to, to hear, you know, last night was, uh, was yesterday your birthday? Yes, okay. <laughs> yes, it was horrible. Okay, because her, her house is right next to my office, right there on Dumbarton, you know, where you guys do the barbecue. And so I knew it was her birthday. I walk in, and there's, like, French toast on the table, you know. I'm like, whoa, who made that? And she goes, Peter. Well, because it's her birthday, right? And then she's like, you want some? I'm like, yeah. And then there's strawberries cut up. I can have this? Yes. You know, whipped cream, coconut whipped cream, syrup. You want some coffee too? Yeah. You know, and I'm just so happy. And she goes, yeah, happy birthday. I'm like, oh, shoot. <laughs> I totally forgot. Okay, so it was her birthday yesterday. And um, but last night, at you know, we're having a, a party. And one of the things we do at uh at each person's birthday is we go around and say what we love about them the most so each kid you know so silas will say something about mrc and then claire and then ellie and we go from youngest to oldest all the way to me and sometimes they have friends over and we just all join in just time of encouragement and and so to hear like my 17 year old daughter you know look in mercy and say there's just you are my role model. You, there's no one I'd rather be like. Like, it's just, you know, that's, you know, when the kids start doing that, one of the coolest things, uh, not to embarrass her, but I forget if it was when you got, I think it's when you went off to college. She went off to college, um, and she left a letter for uh, each of the kids at home. You know, and just pouring her heart out to, you know, Ellie at that time would have been like 12 or so, and Zeke would have been 11, and just writes a handwritten letter like, I'm going to miss you guys so much. Here's some things to think about, and just words of wisdom for each of them. And you're just like, gosh, this is so crazy. And so there is a thing about discipline in the home. I mean, I... The kids listen. My kids listen. They don't. If Mercy tells them to do something, they do it. Claire, come up here. Come up here. Okay, you can sit down. I just want to show that you do what I say. Okay. No, there, but it's, it's like, it's, uh, it, it really changes your marriage. If you have kids that listen to you and love you, um, but that isn't something that just happens. There is a discipline. And in this day and age, I think we're losing some of that because we're all anti-authority. But it's just like 
No, the authority is there to protect you and to love you and, and to keep you from those wrong things. And so when you see their siblings start doing the same thing and they obey their siblings, it makes your, your marriage so much better. And so just, just pay attention to that. I was so grateful. Um, my dad was overboard. I mean, he beat the heck out of me, and it was just like an abusive thing. Um, but I still believe in authority uh, because of that. And I look at Scripture, and it does talk about, you know, he who spares the rod hates his son. Um, there's something about setting down rules. I'm not saying you got to beat him. I'm just saying there need to be consequences to disobedience. Otherwise, you're not going to obey. You can yell at him all day if, it, if there's a consequence of, you know. Like I remember one time Rachel was eating Lisa's oatmeal. And yeah, it wasn't good. But still, you know, she's like, ugh, ugh. I'm like, you're having oatmeal for every meal for a week. I made her eat oatmeal for seven days straight, every meal. And, you know, another time when, you know, she woke up and she was just like a grouch. I go, you know what? I'm going to wake you up at 6 a.m. every day this week, and you're going to pull weeds in the front. You don't ever talk to mom like that in the morning or anyone like that. You know? I mean, it's just what you do. It's, 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 I love her. You know, I do that. And you, you just, it's okay to lay down the law as a parent. And uh, the kids still like you, even you miss their birthday <laughs> or forget. I just temporarily forgot. So, all right. Uh, is that it? That's it. All right. Thank Guys, you. thank you so much. Can you give them a round of applause? Thank you for listening to the Crazy Love Podcast. We will see you next time with a new episode, but until then, for more resources from Crazy Love Ministries or to support the work of Crazy Love, please visit our new website at crazylove.org. Thanks. Thanks.